Hello, you're listening to the CZ of Movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hi, Zijan. Hello. Today is probably not the best night to record much, really, because I'm pretty sure there'll be lots of fireworks coming out tonight. We are recording on the 5th of November. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder Treason and Plot. So, yes, we might be interrupted by fireworks. We might also be interrupted, Zijan, by your takeout. Your takeaway being delivered. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that will probably show. But, you know, with my expert... Um, editing skills you probably only hear 50% of okay, it okay that's pretty good um, what, what, if, what have you ordered? Uh, some Nigerian food ooh I mean it's London after all right it's you anything it's exciting wow. yeah, I know right so you might get some like gunpowder chicken or something just to make it more uh, appropriate for the day but alright oh, yeah 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 that's actually that's actually a good idea I never thought of that but nah <laughs> Never mind. Uh, today we are talking about Last Night in Soho, the, uh, the latest film from Edgar Wright. Uh, we're also talking about the films of William H. Macy. We've got a quiz on Meet the Parents and Let Me... Uh, the, the Meet the Parents trilogy. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Zijan, uh, this yep. week I have watched Meet the Parents. No, you didn't. I did. First time. It's not very good. Um, but It's not go. very bad either, though. I just... It felt so trivial. I, don't, I, I was reading the... Uh, as, as we always do when we've got a quiz, we've done most of the research on Wikipedia, I assume. The Wikipedia article, which I didn't read all of, really digs deep into the, the themes and like the uh, under, undercurrents of Meet the Parents and its position in the early 21st century culture. And stuff. It's, like, it's just a film where a guy makes a load of mistakes and it's supposed to be funny. There's no like deeper meaning to Meet the Parents, is there? No. Isn't that most comedies, though? It, well, exactly. I felt like it had been done a thousand times before. So... Mm. Anyway, yeah. got a quiz on it. Uh, but we start, as we always do, by talking about the movie news. Uh, uh-huh. Zijan, what have you got? Well, we've got big news, well, to some people. <laughs> we've All got right. big news this morning. Uh, we've got uh, a cast for Wicked. Yes. Yeah. Which is going to be made by John M. Chu, who recently did the In the Heights film that both you and me love. Yep. Um, so we have Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo to star in the Wicked film as uh, Galinda and Elphaba, respectively. Mm. Uh, have you seen Wicked? I'm, I'm sure you have. Four times. Four times, well, I, <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw it once uh, at the Bristol Hippodrome. Yeah. Uh, my main recollection was that my, it was one of the most uncomfortable seats I've ever been in, and my back was hurting for almost all of it. Well, so. I think that, that's that's to be said about the, Brist- <laughs> the Bristol Hippodrome more than anything else. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm not blaming the performance for for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the way the Bristol Hippodrome was. Uh, cool. Yes. No. Uh, I they can both sing. <laughs> that's they, that's, they that's can good. Both sing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a little bit worried because so Cynthia Rio definitely has uh, ex- experience in Broadway. Yes, she won a yeah. Tony for her performance in uh, The Color Purple. But Ariana Grande has a very poppy voice, so I wonder whether she'll change it to, uh, mm. to suit a Broadway theme. As we know, well, no, like, um, just because you're a mainstream singer does not mean you'll do well in... Uh, was Ariana Grande in Cats? Feels like she might have been in Cats. No, she no. wasn't in Cats, but uh, Beyonce was in um, The Lion King. Oh, of course. Yeah, I don't think she did a very good job. But she's good, good in Dreamgirls. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is true. I'll give you that. Yeah. So maybe it'll work. And I believe Cynthia Evo is just the Oscar away from the EGOT, isn't she? She is. So maybe this will be the one. Yeah. yeah. Well, good, good for her. It's a bit, maybe a bit early to, to, to go for that. Um, Way too early. <laughs> speaking of potential Oscar winners, um, the what? Chris Pratt's uh, attempt to voice every beloved cartoon character continues. He's the new voice of Garfield. Is Garfield beloved? <laughs> That's a good point. There must be some people who love it, right? It's the most syndicated cartoon ever, I think. Oh. There must. I mean, it, it gets quite mocked, doesn't it, Garfield? But uh, there must be some people who like it. I, I mean, like, so I, I grew up reading Garfield comic strips. There, so they appear in our Malaysian newspapers. Among, and it's definitely not one of the better ones out there. Um, I mean, I used to read things like Calvin and Hobbes. I'm not sure whether you know that, oh, yeah. Colin. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a much better um, comic strip. So, and Garfield's just Garfield. Um, he hates Mondays and he loves lasagna. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I know about him as well. Yeah, I think this is going to be an animated film. I did watch the... I think Live action one. I, I think I might only have seen A Tale of Two Kitties. I'm not sure I've seen the... <laughs> I'm not sure I've seen the first Garfield. There's a great story where Bill Murray 
apparently he just redid almost all his dialogue for that film, as he seems to do for a lot of films, because um, he voiced, voiced Garfield in those. And apparently he signed on, because the director was a guy called, I think, something like Ethan Cohen, uh, and he thought it was one of the Cohen brothers when he signed on, <laughs> uh, which it is not. So um, That's a little bit awkward. Although he, he then came back for the sequel, so he kind of hated that much, I suppose. <laughs> Speaking of Bill Murray, he will be appearing in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Mm. Mm. So, but we don't know what he's doing yet, do we? Nope, not a clue. But he is he appearing in the coming up, uh, the upcoming Ghostbusters film? I, well, I he was. think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, but no idea what Bill Murray will do in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and this film, <laughs> I know we spoke about this in the last podcast, but I think this has been postponed till like, what, 2023 now? So, it's a long while away. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel it probably won't be a large role. I don't know where I'm getting that from, but I feel I, I, Bill Murray seems like the kind of person you get to do a little cameo in a in an Ant Man film, and everyone goes, "Oh, it's Bill Murray." Mm. I was watching Get Smart the other day again, and uh, he, he turns up for like five minutes in that. Oh, I think that's what he does, right? Just turn up in a film for five minutes and get paid. And I'd live everything, and then yeah. Why not, right? Hey, it's not it's not a bad living, is it? Yeah, is that exactly? Uh, speaking of people who are going to be playing characters in superhero films, Brendan Fraser uh, is the new villain in the Batgirl movie. Um, theory is he's playing a character called Firefly, and it's I've not done this for a long time, Zijan, but it's going to happen now. I'm going to mention a comic book character and then ask you, without any preparation, who it is. What's Firefly? What's going on there? What, what do you think his powers are? Uh, I imagine uh, he can shoot fire out of his hands. And maybe fly? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even need to do anything now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically the, the name kind of explains everything. Really. He's a pyromaniac. He's an occasional Batman uh, bad guy. But he's, um, he's going to be cancelled he, after one season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, he's covered in scars due to um, an accident. Um, so, and that's that. I mean, Brendan Fraser has, is really part of the DC universe. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he voices a character in Doom Patrol, right? Yes, but he, Robot Man. But he's not actually in in, in it. Oh, I've, not, I've never seen it, so I don't know whether he just like appears in the first episode or anything, or in flashback or anything, but I think he just sits in a studio, records some lines, and takes home his money, doesn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, if it works, why not, right? Why not? I'd do it. <laughs> Honestly, DC, if you're listening, I'll do it. I'll, I'll <laughs> happily, happily, I can work on my Brendan Fraser impression, if, uh, if that's what you need. I'm people love Brendan sure Fraser now, don't they? People, people mocked Brendan Fraser for about 20 years and now they're like, actually, he seems like a nice guy. I don't think they... Do they mock Brendan Fraser? I always thought he came across as a very nice guy anyway. Yeah, maybe it's just mocking his choices. He made mm. some pretty... Uh, well, I fed us I've not watched them, but uh, things like Furry Vengeance. Uh, I seem to remember what? being... A, it was a film in which he was attacked by animals or something. I seem to remember that being mocked about 15 years ago. Well, we've, we've definitely not done an actor factor on Brendan Fraser. Ooh... So that could be one. We could do that. Yep. Mm. Uh, so now that Warner Brothers and Legendary have confirmed that Dune Part 2 will go ahead, mm. uh, director Dennis Villeneuve now wants to make a third film because that's how he goes nowadays. Um, I didn't know this, but Frank Herbert actually wrote six books originally. And his son or brother or something? Mm. Uh, his son, I think. son has kept writing them in the, in the fine tradition of fantasy authors like Christopher Tolkien and... Uh, and that might be it. Um, <laughs> who's, the, who's the guy who writes the um, the Jack Reacher books? I think his brother is now writing them as well. So oh. just keep it in the family. Yeah, Dune Messiah he wants to adapt, doesn't he? Yes, that's the one. Uh, um, yeah. No clues. I've not seen any of. I'm not, not sorry. I've not read any of the other Dune books apart from Dune. No, I haven't. Mm. No, so I don't really know where it goes. I remember reading Rob Lowe's um, autobiography, and he was he was in line to perhaps be in uh, the previous Dune film and they're talking about sequels and stuff and he asked what happens to my character in the sequel and he's like oh he gets turned into a big monster he's like yeah maybe I don't want to do this so, <laughs> uh, but those days you didn't really have sequels very often no um, Oppenheimer the film we've talked a little bit about last time um, said it stars Killian Murphy well um, Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon are in talks uh, which makes me wonder whether Killian Murphy is playing Oppenheimer or whether he's playing something else. It's all a bit like well, dagger. This is the new Christopher Nolan. Uh, but those are some big names. Yeah, that's true. Matt Damon has worked with Nolan before in Interstellar. Oh, I've forgotten that. You're right. As yes. Doctor Man. Yeah. Doctor yeah. Man, what a great name! 
Of course, and then uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, it will be the first time with Christopher Nolan. I think Emily Blunt is also joining as well. Yeah, I think that's another, I think we said that last last time. Um, you're right. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. I think it's a weird one because he's obviously Iron Man, absolutely huge, and you're so highly paid for that, and one of the highest paid actors in the world. But hasn't really had any other hits. He's obviously did uh, Doolittle, which which did very badly, and um, mm-hmm. uh, there was The Judge, which was okay, but wasn't wasn't a huge hit by, by any means. And I think you, you think he probably needs something to land if he's going to remain relevant. Uh, so maybe this is it. Mm, that's true. Who knows? Ah. We've got a new director for Wolfman. Oh yeah. So the the, the Wolfman starring Ryan Gosling. So, um, long time Gosling collaborator Derek, I can't pronounce his last name. Kian Franz. Okay. Is now attached to it. Um, they've done uh, films like Blue Valentine and The Place Within the Pines together. Ooh, I like one of those. Is it the latter? No, I, I really didn't like Place Be. Uh, Oh, really? Beyond the Pines. No, I thought it was rubbish. Um, whereas Blue Valentine was good. Very sad. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Very good. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I do wonder if this is going to happen. It feels a bit like... Um, <laughs> it feels like Channing Tatum and Gambit. <laughs> Just going on forever and ever and ever and then never actually got around to making it. So, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see Wolfman. They seem to be doing better to, better with the, the dark universe now that they're not really making a dark universe, just making <laughs> That, that, that is true that is true I mean Ryan Gosling will first star as Ken anyway in Barbie film of course he will of course mm. he will it's all going on for Gosling yes and uh, and the um, crazy stupid love sequel that uh, I would like to see but I don't think it's happening uh, what is going to happen in that sequel Colin <laughs> uh, I imagine uh, they have kids and wow. hilarity ensues <laughs> This is a reason why we are a podcast for 50, <laughs> 50 listeners. And yeah, basically, I just took the uh, the sequel to meet, the second sequel to meet the parents and stole their <laughs> exactly, idea. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they'll do the same thing exactly, but they'll do it in Mexico. It's going to be a, a holiday, a holiday uh, hilarity. Holiday hilarity is going to be the name of the film. <laughs> uh, Anna de Armas, fresh from her, her well-received, albeit brief, uh, appearance in James Bond, uh, is in talks for the uh, for the John Wick spin-off, apparently. Mm-hmm. Called uh, Ballerina. Ballerina, is that right? Yep. She's not been in John Wick, has she? Uh, so I don't know. I do not watch any of the John Wick films. <laughs> I saw about two-thirds of the first one. Yep. Uh, uh, she I wasn't in that. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, this character only appeared in John Wick three okay very briefly so um so it was going to appear anything it would be in the third film but I, i've not seen any of them so i can't tell you well, much about let's, it let's say she was in it uh and hey if we're wrong let us know cdzmovies at gmail.com um but yeah i, I like her nice to see her getting more, more projects um mm-hmm. i'm not sure i like her enough to watch a john wick spin-off but uh you never know mm-hmm. uh gal Gadot is set to be the queen for this is new live action snow white film Mm. opposite uh, Rachel Zegler uh, again just for some reiteration for those who did not listen to our previous podcast Mark Webb will be directing it with uh, Pesek and Paul writing new songs so Pesek and Paul are the ones who wrote uh, La La Land ah I didn't, know, didn't realize they were involved that's cool mm-hmm. you, you, probably, you probably already said that but, uh, in a previous podcast but I've forgotten uh, yeah this, oh, I don't think I've seen Gal Gadot play a, uh, an evil character um, I doubt she has the acting chops for it, if I'm honest. Ooh, uh, I got, I got to say, having been very impressed with Gagalot in the first Wonder Woman, I do wonder if she can do anything else. Oh, uh, there, there is the most. Uh, there is a recent film on Netflix now with her in it, if I'm not mistaken. Has that come out? Yeah, the one with her and Ryan Reynolds. Red Notice. Yeah, um, yeah, re- yeah. I didn't realize that was out. And uh, and Dwayne Johnson all playing themselves. As far as I, can I believe he's been panned quite badly by the critics. Yes, so you're yes, not completely wrong, then, Colin. Yeah, no. Watching that trial, I thought this just looks like, as I say, it looks like they're all just playing their own archetypes. There's no real film here. I, I found it fascinating because we've we've had for, for fifteen or twenty years what has sold films has been franchises. I think in, in the nineties it's all about your, your your stars, your Tom Cruise, your Brad Pitt, your Julia yeah. Roberts, whoever it was, and then that became less and less of a thing. So yeah, people weren't flocking to the latest. Chris Evans film but they were flocking to the latest Marvel film and mm. this one is so much playing off stars rather than any kind of franchise I find it 
I wonder if the uh, the tables are turning back. We're moving back more towards uh, star-led things. I, think, I mean, even like Free Guy was successful on the back of it being Ryan Reynolds rather than it being the actual... Yeah, it wasn't a franchise or anything. So. That, that, that is true. That's a very fair point. So I'm intrigued to see the, intrigued to see the future of cinema. That's... Uh, that, 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 that was quite quite a big segue from Gal Gadot being um, yeah. evil queen, right? Yeah, it was a little bit, but uh, I'm I'm feeling pretentious. So I'm going to hypothecate about uh, <laughs> about film, um, but I'm also going to tell you that Daisy Ridley is going to star in a film called Mindfall, um, which sounds really interesting, actually. Um, so it sounds like it has traces of uh, of Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. So it's, it's a world in which uh, memories or memes, as they're known, are bought and sold on the black market. Uh, and okay. they're kind of like people are addicted to them like drugs and, and Daisy Ridley is involved in the black market but she also is addicted herself uh, and she's been accused of murder and she doesn't know whether she did it or not because she doesn't know whether her memories are hers or, or someone else's which I think is a really interesting concept so um, I, I have no idea if it's going to be any good but uh, it sounds, sounds interesting to me yeah there's so many casting news that came out in the past two weeks and they were all two films that you know um Either we've not heard of or our listeners were definitely not heard of as well. Mm. So I didn't really put much of them in. The last bit of news I have is that um, Sofia Butella will star in Zack Snyder's, Zack Snyder's Star Wars vehicle that we spoke about before, which is now called Rebel Moon. Cool. And there you go. You see it? And that's why... That's the big finish. <laughs> Actually, I've, got, I've got an even less exciting finish. Um, oh, no. Jeff Nichols uh, is no longer going to be directing the Quiet Place spin-off. Oh, I knew I could count on you, Colin. <laughs> Uh, there you go we move on from uh, our always action-packed uh, news segment to, to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that are recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not Z them oh, this, is, this is the last action-packed for me Colin I didn't watch any films you didn't watch any uh, films the past two weeks apart from last night in Soho I okay. you just watched it yeah. five times did you <laughs> just to no. really really get all the details to give our, our listeners <laughs> the benefits of all your wisdom that's oh, definitely not. It, it was a very empty cinema when I saw that, I would say. How was it? So, I no was, one was really interested in that. In it, was, it was quite busy when I was there. Um, I, the row I was in, there were only two other people in the row, there were a couple together, who sat, who'd got the seats next to me and did not shut up for the entire movie. They just... Oh, don't you, don't you so miss... <laughs> and like, don't you miss cinema, Colin? Zijan, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, what, what, what would you do if a couple would just whispering to each other throughout an entire movie just shush them right isn't that the British thing to do well I just looked at them occasionally hoping of they of course would, they can't tell right? hoping, how would they know I would look at, I looked at them hoping they'd pick up the hint but I did not say anything uh, usually you'll count on the person at the back to just kick the chair for you oh I should have done someone behind me then hit me in the head with their coat but that was a a separate instant I think <laughs> so yeah great times at the cinema <laughs> loved all that uh, I thought they were going to shut up after the trailers and they just kept ah oh. So annoying. Plus, there's a whole empty row. They could have moved down if they wanted to chat. Anyway, I have seen some films. Um, I'm going to talk about The Sparks Brothers, which is a documentary. It came out earlier this year. Um, it's just out on DVD. Uh, directed by Edgar Wright, in fact. Uh, it's his oh. second film, or indeed first film, I suppose, of the year. Um, have you come across the band Sparks? Uh, no. I've seen this trailer. I've mm. definitely seen the trailer because it's been coming out a lot in the past few, uh, <laughs> in the past few shows I've been watching. But... I've not heard of the Sparks Brothers until the trailers. It's insane. Yes, I'd, I knew one of their songs because it plays on the radio and I think I've got a cover of it, but I, I'd never heard of them before this either. Um, and yeah, I say the band's called Sparks. This, 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 over time, it's had various different members, but it's basically just these uh, these two brothers. Uh, and this is, uh, Edgar Wright is a, is a huge fan of them. He's got a lot of talking heads and also goes through their, their career. But it seems like they're like hugely influential band. And yeah, they kept, apparently, yeah. according to the trailers, is that true well that's the thing I said the tagline is your favourite band's favourite band which I think is a cool tagline basically saying yeah, if those in the business know and love these guys and, and they've never really broken through to the mainstream so they're kind of like a, a cult favourite as it were uh, but yeah I guess um, from the film I don't know who am I to judge but from the film yeah, it seems that they're hugely influential and, and ahead of their time so a lot of the stuff that like they were doing synth music before it became big in the 80s and, uh, and the kind of things like uh, so I've never I've never been a Pet Shop Boys fan really, but there's something kind of, and mm. um, they were accused of stealing the Pet Shop Boys style at one point. It's like the Pet Shop Boys stole it all from us in the first place, uh, and yeah, just fascinating. I think the, the actual narrative is fairly straightforward. It's just a kind of a chronological troop through, but uh, but it's fascinating to see 
um, their career and they yeah, reinvented themselves. And I say I'm not, a, I wasn't a fan, but um, I, I enjoyed the music and I, I downloaded uh, their the best of off the back of this. And I think, uh, oh, okay, wow, yeah, and really enjoyed it. And, and it is weird. I, I'd say it's probably it's not maybe as weird as I th- thought it would be because I, I kind of a bit off, I'm put off a little bit. I think by kind of unnecessarily weird bands but it definitely is weird which is i guess maybe why they never broke through mm. as much as some but yeah i enjoyed it and i think edgar, yeah the kind of the love that edgar wright has for them really shines through as well and he's got a lot of uh, interesting people talking including the um uh, the co-creators of the gilmore girls gilmore ah. girls uh, who, who turn up for reasons i don't entirely understand but i think okay um apparently play some sparks in uh, in one of their episodes yeah, i don't know if you can hear the fireworks coming through in bristol no, not now. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I think it's, it's worth a watch. I think, uh, to be honest, probably you can wait till it's on streaming. But it, it's uh, it's a, a window into a, a world I didn't know about. So. Mm, very interesting. Mm. Oh, good to hear. I right, mean, check it out. And on to Edgar Wright's second film of the year, Last Night in Soho. Uh, Last Night in Soho. Yep. Zizan, take us away. Go on. Uh, so the film stars uh, Thomasine McKenzie, Anya Taylor Joy. Um, and Matt Smith and this is what I've written down okay. in, uh, in my Excel spreadsheet about a summary of this film yes. so this film is about a fashion school student who has the power brackets undefined to see slash experience brackets question mark <laughs> date slash things that happened in the past question mark <laughs> <laughs> and witness a murder that has happened in the 1960s yeah, that sums it up. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Thomas and McKenzie, as you say, is a fashion student, uh, and when she goes to sleep, um, she finds herself in the 60s, where Anya Taylor-Joy and Matt Smith are doing their stuff. Uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this, I think. So, I won't, be, yep. so maybe that's not so much more than that, plot-wise. Uh, maybe we'll talk about the trailer, right? So Yeah. Okay. I mean, in the trailer, so alone you can see that it's, um, a murder has happened. Yeah. So there's not yeah. a spoiler in anything, yeah. in any yeah. uh, shape or form, really. So, um, um, I must be, so when I first heard Edgar Wright was doing this, I, I read an yes. interview or something with him saying, "Oh yeah, loads of directors say it's a psychological horror, a psychological thriller, but this is a proper horror. I'm not going to hide. It's, I'm going to say it's a proper horror." And then clearly the marketing guys got to him because whilst whilst there are horror aspects of the trailer, it's been marketed as a psychological thriller, and I was surprised by how horror-y this was. I don't know about. Yeah, I think maybe you watch more trailers than I did because I only watched the first one or two, I think. I probably have because like, it's not like I've hidden from the trailers, mm. but uh, it has quite a bit of... Yeah, it's, it has quite a lot of horror aspects on it, but I think like this film, personally, does not really know what it wants to be. Okay. In the sense that uh, it, for horror... I, I've seen quite a few horror films. I guess. And these are not... This is not the most horrific film I've seen. No, no, no. But I think I just know I was talking to someone before and saying, "Well, it's a horror, but it's not like going to be bloody or gory." And then I was sat in the cinema, and the first thing they got was like eighteen rated, serious bloody violence. I was like, (laughs) "Oh, all right, okay, I guess I guess I got that wrong." But you're right; it doesn't it doesn't feel like a horror film to begin with, and and yeah, it feels not even even at the end. It doesn't. I mean. Horror films have certain tropes that they play mm. off, you know. Um, and I, you know, that some bits of that does feel in, uh, you know, th- does come across in the film. Um, you know, there there are a few jump scares, uh, yeah. in the film. Yeah. Um, put it that way. Um, but if it's being marketed as a horror film, I wouldn't. I would be quite disappointed by it. Okay. Yeah, because I don't find it that terrifying and. I, Maybe maybe I've been desensitized by this, Colin, because you you know I don't like horror films, and I know you sure, don't like horror sure. films, but yeah, it just yeah, it just didn't feel like one. That's interesting because to, to me it did. I think maybe not for, not as I say not for the first maybe even the first hour or so, but by the end it felt yeah. very much like a horror film to me. And and as you say, we we don't really do horror, and you've probably seen more than I have. Um, yes. I've, I feel I don't think I've ever felt so unqualified to dissect a film uh, <laughs> on the basis that if there's st- if there's stuff in here that I find imaginative and new, it might have been done a thousand times before. And I just <laughs> I just wouldn't have a clue because I I don't I know so, obviously I know some of the, the the horror tropes and I've seen 
things like Shaun of the Dead, which which plays off them. Yeah. But I don't know all the horror jokes by any means. Yeah. Um, and yes, and there are bits that are probably great references to films I've not seen <laughs> and don't know anything about. But sh- shall we? Um, well, let's let's first of all, uh, uh, Edgar Wright. He's my favorite director. This is why I'm watching this. Really, um, yeah. I know. If not, you wouldn't touch go near a horror film. No, no. Even no. though I'm a big fan of Anya Taylor Joy, I would not have watched this if uh, just because she was in it. I, I watched it because he directed it. Oh, um, really? Abs- yeah. I mean, I might have I might have caught it on streaming or something, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have watched this if it wasn't Edgar Wright. Ah. Um, I love. I say Scott Pilgrim's one of my favorite films, uh, and I love the Connoisseur trilogy and Baby Driver's great as well. Um, and of course, the Sparks Brothers, as, as mentioned. Yeah. Um, it felt quite Edgar Wrighty. I'd say that you could certainly see bits and pieces of him, but maybe less so than anything else I've seen of his. Yep, definitely. Uh, apart from, I have to apart agree from Sparks Brothers, <laughs> I think. I think. I think the first half of the film felt a lot more Edgar Wrighty than the mm. second half of the film. Yeah. Um, it's like the first half of the film with all the stylistic switches. So I'm, I'm not spoiling anything because this was in the trailer as yeah. well. Um, at the beginning, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of camera work with um, the main character, Louise, I think, played by Thomasine McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, swaps bodies or in a way like experiences what Anya Taylor-Joy's character is experiencing back in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of very clever camera work Um Especially when there was a scene when there was dancing with Matt Smith, when they just seamlessly transition between yeah, both two characters. Beautiful shot in the trailer of, of that, yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, and that felt, that felt very much like a man, and lots of great use of reflections and stuff. Which, exactly, um, I put it down here. Mirrors, all the mirror Im- imagery are so very clever. And I think this is one of the, why Edgar Wright, one of the reasons he's so great is he puts so much thought into every shot. Um, and obviously, this is the first uh, non-comedy. I'm gonna have to say, except for Sparks Brothers, after almost every sentence. Just, I think for, from now on, just assume everything I say has except for Sparks Brothers <laughs> okay. as, as an asterisk. But his first non-comedy, uh, and I mean there are some funny bits in this, but it's very much not a, not a comedy. But he, yeah, seeing transitions, he'll he won't just go to another scene. He'll think about it carefully. If he's introducing a character, he'll he'll do it cleverly. He'll, and yeah, the, as you say, the, the use of camera work, the use of reflections, the use of light uh, is very thoughtful. So good. Yeah, very good. But this is the first half of the film. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Where it doesn't feel that horry and feels more like, as advertised, this kind of girl finds herself back in the 60s somehow. Trying to solve a murder, yeah. Trying to solve a murder and, and yeah, take, taking on Anya Taylor-Joy's body, effectively. Uh, I thought Thomas and Mackenzie was really good. I, I was... Um, I, I loved her Cornish accent. Uh, I was amazed to discover that she's from New Zealand. Um, yeah. So she picked up, really picked up the Cornish accent very well. I thought. I mean, I'm not from Cornwall, but uh, I thought that was a, a great choice and really kind of emphasised that she is this rural girl in the big city. Yeah, that that, that definitely comes across. Uh, I was more annoyed by the character by a lot. <laughs> really? I, okay. Yeah, I do. I I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure whether. Maybe I'm just being like I, I'm not too sure about what the Cornish accents sound like, but a lot of the afflictions just grate on me. Okay, I mean because 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 I I get it because yeah. she's a very soft spoken character who has not seen the big world, mm. she's not, who has not seen London, so she's very shy, she's very reserved, but. Yeah, it, it does great. <laughs> it, it, it really grates on me. Apologies to our Cornish listeners. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really, really sorry. But when she, her voice goes down so soft and she's whispering and she says things in a stuttering manner. The, the worst sorry. sometimes, because I think they really did emphasise, I mean, like several times they said, oh, London's a lot to take. London's not for everyone and this kind of stuff. And um and to me, I, I don't. And again, I don't know, but that, that felt like a kind of almost like London was the horror that she had to go. She had to, it was like, yes, yeah, you're going into this big scary world, and that was kind of the first step into that scary world. Uh, was even before the kind of the magical, mystical stuff. Um, she had to had to survive in London, Zijan, a thing that you know about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I get that, but <laughs> I also written here is for I was a student in London <laughs> as well. Yes. You know, and and being able to afford their own rented flat yes. in London as a first year student is a bit of a stretch <laughs> for anyone, really. 
But she was, in the middle of Soho. She was, Soho. She was working part time in a bar. That's uh, yeah, because that, that's so <laughs> realistic, Colin. If only I knew that I would be in a bar right now. Uh, dear. Living in my my one bed flat in Soho. It, I, like I don't get why they choose to do this. He doesn't really need to have. Uh, well, maybe he does because a lot of the a lot of the scenes, I guess. Translate well in Soho, and Soho has all the big bright neon yeah, lights as well. Yeah, absolutely, and and I see why she ended there. I, I I was trying to work out so very very minor spoilers. At first, she 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 gets a roommate called Jocasta, uh, who is very unpleasant to her, and they don't get on. And then she moves out, and apparently, I, I was wondering whether she was then paying two lots of rent. Did she have a contract in this first place? <laughs> she, she should have. She should, this is, this is not realistic. She should, Come on, yeah. Edgar Wright, do more research. Do more research into the into the rental practices of uh, of London. Yeah, at least do that, right? Like, who, what, what student lives in the middle of Soho? No one does. I can't afford to live in the middle of Soho, <laughs> and I'm not pulling drinks at a bar. Okay. Yep. There you go. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, fair, fair enough. Although, if you were to live in that, uh, um, in the top room of, of Mrs. Collins' flat, maybe you would have got it cheaper. Fine. So, I, I did wonder quite what the purpose of Jocasta was, and, and the best I could come up with was um, it kind of h- emphasised how horrible, how difficult she was finding her life, and how she would want to find an escape from that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure the character was necessary. No, uh, her and the whole Mean Girls troop mm. were pointless in my in, and and there was no resolution to that whatsoever either. Like no. they were just there. No. They were there and unpleasant, and then later on, some of them were nice to her. And that's just that's it, really. Yeah. You you would think that uh, part part way through they'll get their comeuppance, like in a lot of horror films, you know, the the Mean Girls may get their comeuppance, for example, but they don't. And nothing happened. Like literally, they didn't add anything to the film, and I didn't think uh, it was necessary to have them whatsoever. Yeah, I think I would be perfectly happy to have her just moving into Mrs. Collins' flat first, rather than going Straight via, via yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair comment. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy plays Sandy uh, in the sixties, um, who apparently, in in the early draft or initial concept, was not going to have any lines at all. Oh really? Wow! Which, um, oh, I, I can see that work, actually. Yeah, I think she. I mean, she didn't have huge amounts to say. Looking back, uh, no. anyway. But I think the saying we're, we're supposed to kind of feel for this character, and it's harder to do if they don't speak. I suppose, although it's doable. Wally, for example. Um, anyway, so she uh, is a, a budding singer, and as as we've said, um, Ellie Eloise sometimes sees through her eyes, or, or and and. Um, and as as clear in the trailer, changes her appearance to look more like her because she's glamorous and she's wearing possibly the worst dress I've ever seen on on film. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. This will surprise you to learn, Zijan. I'm not a fashion expert. Um, oh, really? But it looked like she just draped a shower curtain around herself, didn't it? Is that just me? <laughs> It's not that bad, Colin. I thought it was, it's just I, you. I thought it was utterly terrible. And it felt weird that Ellie then spent the rest of the film trying to recreate that in, in fashion school. Anyway. I, I didn't think it was that bad, Colin. Okay. You're, you're exaggerating a bit. Like. Um, that, was, that was just what I thought, uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I've not seen any other... I've not read reviews, really, but um, I don't know if that's a popular opinion. But it's one I'm prepared to... Uh, prepared to Do stick what? my neck out. Stick my, stick my neck out and, <laughs> uh, and say, terrible dress. I also don't know how it. How did it take Ellie most of the year to recreate it? Seriously, just pull down a bit of pink curtain and. She's a first-year student, Colin. She has to pull drinks at the bar. She has no time to do this kind of things to afford her one-bed flat in Seoul. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh dear. Yeah, um, I, I like Anya Taylor Joy. I think she was great as a character. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is always enigmatic, right? Mm. She has those mysterious big eyes that she, you always wonder what she's thinking about. She she's wonderful with that. Certainly does. She yeah. certainly does. Uh, yeah, very uh, kind of. I think apparently she was originally going to be playing Ellie, or at least auditioned for for Ellie, and uh, and I think they made the right choice in, in not yeah, doing that definitely. because, yeah, she feels glamorous and yeah, still kind of slightly naive, um, but not on quite the same. I think. Thomas and Mackenzie is the, maybe the more approachable, more down to earth version of yep. Anna Taylor Joy in, in that character. So I think that works. And, sure. uh, and Matt Smith, um, soon to be seen in Morbius. I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, plays Jack. He's charming. 
Here's Matt Smith, right? He's Matt Smith. He's great. <laughs> he, he's basically... Um, how do I describe him in a film? He he he's, he appears in 1960s, just in case. Uh, yes, some clarification. yes. <laughs> and he's the one who brings uh, Sandy, Anya Taylor-Joy's character, under his wing. Yeah, and obviously um, playing the Doctor in Doctor Who's is his best-known role, um, in, and this is very different to that. He's uh, very confident, which I guess the Doctor is, but very, very masculine, and, and yes, um, charms Anya Taylor-Joy very early on and takes, as you say, uh, sets her on the path to fame and fortune, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, we have um, I'm going to Michael Io, is it? Who plays Ayo? the love interest? Mm, a guy called John. Oh, what a sweet guy. He is, but again, um, we're going to talk about this in the spoilers as well. But of all the things that he goes through. It is extremely unlikely that he will still be hurt by the end of the film. He's prepared to put up with a lot. I <laughs> know. He is. He's very, very patient. Surprisingly patient and surprisingly understanding for a person who meets someone new. He's... Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm assuming he's he's um, besotted. Uh, but yes, he's... um. Completely, right? Like, who who does this? Who who, who will stick with... Uh, uh, this, this is going bo- going to spoiler territory now, so I'd rather not... Uh, yeah, we, we, we can come back to that, but I, I, I do agree on that point. Um, we have the, um, I think, maybe the last performance from the late uh, Diana Rigg, uh, who plays Mrs. Collins um, and does so well, I thought, even if clearly she uh, doesn't know how to set the price of a flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly. And uh, uh, Terence Stamp is also in the film. Um, a patron in the bar that um, Eloise uh, bartends from that earns clearly more than what I am. Uh, yep, yep. And uh, he also enjoys the song Eloise, which is a good song. Um, he gets to play at one point. Uh, in fact, also all the songs in this were great. It was, it was a great soundtrack. Edgar Wright knows his music and uh, has done great soundtracks for a number of films. I enjoyed yes. this one a lot. Um I'm trying to think how much we want to say before uh, we go into into spoilers. Well, uh, we can do a give a general overview, right? Before we head into spoilers. Yeah, so go for people it. Who don't, yeah. So, um, I enjoyed a lot of Edgar Wright films. I love the Cornetto trilogy. I love, um, sh- um, what's it called? I love uh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim vs. Yeah. The World. I'm sensing you didn't like this one. I did not like this one. Mm. I was, the feeling that I experience while watching this film can probably be summarized as annoyance right okay not yeah, just because of the cornish accent and the uh unrealistic not, not flat just prices. for the cornish accent it's the, the story it, it started off really well like i would spend a lot of time in the first half of the film you know i, I love the bits in the 60s etc the second half of the film was just so annoying like a lot of the decisions that were made were just like okay, I get it. You know, it's a horror film. People make stupid decisions and they get the dogs killed. You know, that's part part and parcel of a horror film, really. But ah, it, uh, it's this. It, it just veered off so wildly that I I didn't enjoy it at the end. Okay. So yeah, that was, that was my conclusion, really. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We, we'll we'll get in, dig into that in spoilers. Um, I I liked it. Um, but because it was so much a horror film. Mm. I, I just don't enjoy seeing that. I don't enjoy that that style. So while, while I did like, yeah, the the, the first half, uh, and I, I think with all Edgar Wright films, they they really um, bear watching more than once. You get to see all sorts of bits and pieces. And I think that, that even in this one, there are some things I, I can like fairly early on. Eloise, you can see, you can see her holding off a pair of scissors because she's about to do some tailoring, and then you kind of, and I th- even when I kind of thought, ah, there's going to be someone attacked with some scissors later, and you kind of you see these things, mm. or. Um, playing back and, and i think it probably would reward more viewings i don't think i'm going to do that just because i just don't want i don't enjoy watching horror so i, I didn't dislike it anywhere near as much as you did i, I think i came out thinking yeah, that was good um but i probably i probably put it with baby driver in a kind of a film that i thought was good but that i don't love in the same way did. that i did and I, baby driver i have seen a few times so i think maybe i yeah. drank it below that just in terms of but even baby baby driver annoyed me in some ways with how it finished and I guess in this one yeah we'll, we'll get into it now I suppose but um, there, there were bits where I thought really is that what's going on or but then yes. again I think it's I th- maybe that's harsh but I, I, I say if you're going to watch an Edgar Wright film this is probably not the one I start with um, no but, there are much better Edgar Wright films out there 
yeah but uh i still think it's worth a watch as long as you don't mind a bit of blood and horror <laughs> right. All right spoilers spoiler 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 where do we begin um well let's be- let's begin with the bit that um you, you mentioned earlier about how which may you may have cut out by now because it is a bit of a spoiler yep. um that it's not just when she goes to sleep so initially yes. she goes to sleep and she finds herself in this world and it all seems lovely and glamorous um but then it gets worse and worse so Anya taylor joy's character basically gets sold into prostitution um, basically yep having thought that she was going to be put on stage uh, as a singer uh, which is c- kind of heartbreaking uh, and so she goes from l- loving going to sleep to fearing it and then suddenly it, well not suddenly it, it, it then joins her in, in the waking world mm-hmm. what did you make of all that? Um, well so when I, I, when I begin describing this um, uh, the, the film I mentioned a lot about how unexplained any of these powers are yeah, yeah. and quite uh, erratic as well in terms of it because at one point she, she's part of the experience because she woke up with a hickey yes that's true yeah, yeah. and then at other points it just feels like she was uh, she was just witnessing things you know um, part part of the backstage scenery so it's very unclear what her powers actually are <laughs> absolutely uh, it is yeah and it's interesting you describe them as powers because I never really thought of it that way but but um but yeah, it's very unclear what the rules are. And it's weird. I, when I was sitting there, I was kind of annoyed by that at first. Because yeah, as you say, yes, sometimes yeah, sometimes these, these characters attack her in the world. Sometimes she can draw into the 60s. Sometimes they seem to appear in the present exactly, day. Yeah. Sometimes they take the place of other people. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes she can see through Anna Taylor-Joy's eyes. And sometimes she can hug Anna Taylor-Joy. And so weird. So the, the rules aren't defined, which did annoy me for a bit. But then I thought, I actually thought... In a way, that that makes it easier for us to... Well, not easier. It kind of puts us more in her position. Where, So I was finding myself watching it thinking, oh no, she's about to go to sleep. Oh, this is going to be really scary. Uh, <laughs> is that where you start closing your eyes? Uh, also, and, then, um, and then when it started happening when she wasn't asleep, I was like, oh man, like, like, <laughs> at any second this could be scary. And I felt like that kind of brought me into her position more. So okay. I... I I feel like maybe I'm being too generous to Edgar Wright and, and because I love him so much yes. uh, and, and maybe I'm giving excuses for this but that, that I felt maybe the fact that the rules are completely undefined was a deliberate thing to, to kind of crank up the terror and you're like you never know what's going to happen next so yeah. there you go I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt but I can understand you're if you're not you're giving too yeah. much credit yeah yeah. I appreciate this was directed by another film. Yeah, if this was directed by an, another director, I would, would not you have you like this. Um, I think I, I think I would say it looks beautiful. Great use of light. Great use of yeah, all, all things we talked about, camera work. Mm. If it was directed by another director, I would never have seen it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, in terms of the powers, I don't mind it as much as you, but you know, I, I'm not that big of a stickler when it comes to. Um, uh, you know, uh, undefined powers. Uh, okay. You're you're more worried about it because, especially when it comes to magic, you like definitions. I like. To- I generally like things to be defined. Yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. and limitations. Whereas I'm, I usually tend to be the opposite. Like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter too much to me. Um, for so so that bit uh, didn't bother me at all. The part okay. where the twist, the first twist, where we saw Matt Smith's character, um, technically being the pimp, really, mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. Anya Taylor Joy, uh. Yeah, it was not surprising. No, uh, I think we knew from the trailer, or it strongly hinted that he was not going to be the good guy that he appeared. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So that was not surprising at all. So, you know, that's why I say I, I really like the first half of the film because that's mostly where the first half of the film lies. Yeah. Um, so after that, as you mentioned, the um, because uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Sandy, was literally pimped out uh, to businessmen, so that's when the horror begins because the the ghosts that uh, Eloise sees in the real life are basically um, people in business suits, yes, but with their faces undefined. Yes, and 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 they are the the ghosts of the people who who uh, were her clients, I guess, or exactly whatever yeah. the phrase is for people who use prostitutes. Um, and one of my questions is, what what are we supposed to feel about them? <laughs> Because obviously, Anya Taylor Joy Sandy didn't want to be a prostitute. 
Yes. Um, I, I'm not sure what the modern view of people who use prostitutes is supposed to be. Uh, I'm fairly confident I won't share it, but uh, I don't think there's any suggestion that they know that she doesn't want to be. Exactly, yep. Um, and so by the end of the f- film, I was going to say, who is the villain? Because Matt Smith is the villain. Clearly, Surely. Yep. But also, at some points, uh, Sandy seems to be the villain, and sometimes she doesn't seem to be the villain. And uh, Yeah, that, I feel like it's a bit of a cop-out, because uh, they didn't want to clearly specify in black and white who it actually is. So they want you to, you know, you know feel for both ends, and say it's okay, you know, it's understandable. I'm going to go to spoil- more spoilers now. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's one big spoiler we've not said yet. Yeah. yeah, and we haven't said that yet, so we may go through that later on, but... Yeah, and you'll understand why I think it's a cop out once we go through the end. Uh, once well, we, once sure, we go through the small. Do you want to jump yeah, to that? that. Yeah. yeah. So it turns out, so in the film, uh, halfway through the film, um, Eloise thought that um, Sandy was the one who was being killed. Yep, slashed in the, in the throat by Matt Smith. By Matt Smith. But it turns out that it was the other way around. And it was Sandy that slashed Matt Smith. Um, so and then lured all her previous customers back and killed them as well. So I I wasn't watching during the scene where throats were being slashed. So I, I my assumption is it was cleverly shot in such a way that it wasn't obvious what had happened. But I could be wrong because no, I, wasn't, I wasn't watching. No. It. no, no, it's quite obvious why has happened. All right, so I mean, like, so she so the actually kind of the vision she saw was 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 a lie, was it? Oh. To- uh, it's just lots of blood splurting about. Yeah, so, so I'm yeah. assuming the first time she saw it, she thought it was only Teddy Boy, but actually, it was the other way, other uh, way around. Because I know, I know, it was obvious in the end what had happened, but I thought that the first time. I, I would like to say that it's clever camera trickery, but it doesn't feel like that. Okay, well, yeah. Who knows? Maybe you should watch it again, Colin, to tell me. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do that. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so, though. So, um, and then the other big spoiler um, is that it turns out that uh, Diana Rigg uh, is Sandy, is Annie Taylor Joy's character. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so the first time she appeared on screen, I thought, oh, that's going to be Annie Taylor Joy when she's older. And then when she died, I thought, oh, I guess it's not then. <laughs> uh, and so the, I guess it was one of those kind of make it obvious, then pull the rug out. Kind of thing. Although I have to say, Anya Taylor Joy has got maybe the most recognisable eyes in the business. Yes, and they are very much not the same eyes that Diana Rigg has got. Yep, uh, they're not even the same colour. Nope. Like, couldn't have given her some contacts or something. Um, so yeah, that, that that stretched the uh, stretched belief a little bit. Only that bit, right, Colin? That was yeah. The rest of it could have happened, but that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, I did like actually because um, Ellie goes into the library to find trying to find the death of Sandy and keeps and comes across a lot of deaths in that year of of men. Yeah, and I thought that was I didn't at the time figure it out, but later looking back, thinking, oh, that's clever that um, she yeah, basically yeah. had looked up all those all those deaths and not realised. No, no, I, I I like it a bit. That was very good. That was very good foreshadowing mm. uh, by Edgar Wright. Um, yeah, so that goes back to my previous point about why it felt like a cop out because. Um, at the end of the scene, all the ghosts were telling um, Eloise to kill mm. um, Sandy, Diana Rick Sandy, because who um, had just stabbed John and was trying to kill uh, Ellie. Poison, yeah, which which clearly doesn't work. This is some weak ass poison. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like you would think that oh, if she was trying to properly get rid of Eloise, and for someone who is an experienced murderer, she's murdered a lot of people, mostly through stabbing. Affairs. This could be this could be her first poisoning. <laughs> she she could have done a lot better. And in fact, she she'd not killed anyone for a long time. It seemed. Oh wow! I'm sure, I'm sure you get out of practice. You really like Edgar Wright, Colin. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, so, but she'd very much become the villain, hadn't she? In the that ten fifteen minute period. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, what happens was that Eloise felt sorry for her because saying that none of this is her fault. Her killing all those men in cold blood, even though those men probably didn't know that yeah. uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that she was forced to be a prostitute, um, was none of that was her fault at all. So because she it's wanted fine. to be a singer, that's uh, exactly so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Sandy basically sacrifices herself. What uh, a cop out! Which is a kind of a try a redemption time 
I think that was what they're going for. It, it, I, I agree. It did feel like uh, it did feel like a bit of a cop out there. And, and um, she just stabbed your love interest. Come on. Yes. Yeah. And at the end, right at the end, Ellie sees her reflection in the mirror, and it seems to be quite a nice cathartic moment, as opposed to this woman is still haunting me. It was a kind of, yeah, we're all friends now. Good times. <laughs> Um, which we didn't mention what surprised me and again I felt I can't see why it was there and, I, and I'm not going to give Edgar the right the benefit of the doubt on this one I think it was a mistake um, that Ellie from the beginning could see the ghost of her mother effectively in the mirror her, you know, her late mother and I don't know why that was there and it brings you into this it's a yeah it's, surely most horror films is kind of like everything's normal well then now it's all horror whereas this is kind of like this is already really weird and now she's going to yeah. see more weird stuff that felt odd that felt really odd uh yeah it, it didn't add anything to the film either i don't yeah. think it did like you could, you could just jump straight to that again uh and one more one more side twist um the old man terrence stump Played by Terrence Stamp. The very, so, the very much live Terrence Stamp. Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, for 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 I'm one just, hour, and I'm, then he wasn't. I'm just trying to make sure. That you, I'm just trying to make sure you can't cut this out, so you don't keep referring back I'm, to it. I'm pretty sure I can make make it. So, <laughs> um, so part part way through the film, because um, this old man was quite creepy. Yes. Um, and basically stalking Eloise. So, you know, Eloise obviously thought that this was the grown-up version of Jack. So this was yeah. basically a red herring. Yeah. I got right through in it. It's the most obvious red herring out there. I fell for honestly. it. Honestly. You, did you? Yeah. Oh, Colin. You definitely don't watch any, enough <laughs> no. horror films. I also, uh, I was pretty sure, and I could be wrong, I was pretty sure there's one scene where you see him walking away where it actually was Matt Smith. I think they might have put him in a wig and coat just to try and push that line uh, a bit further. I, could, I think you just need to watch it again, Colin. Um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just egging you on on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it turns out he wasn't um, Matt Smith, obviously, because Matt Smith died. I keep saying Matt Smith died. Matt, <laughs> Matt, died. Yeah. Matt Smith's yeah. characters died. Um, he turned out to be this guy called uh, Lindsay, who was played by Sam Claflin. Uh, who I didn't recognize at all. That wasn't Sam Claflin. He was. No, he was. He was. Uh, he was just one of the prostitute. No, not prostitutes. One of the um, the clients. Was he not? I'm pretty sure he was Sam Claflin. Eloise literally killed him. Um, did you, 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 well, the, the guy driving the car killed him. Well, yes, that's true. Oh, you're right. So he yeah, was he was, he was credited as punter five, and I didn't realise that that was Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, that didn't look anything like Sam, Sam Claflin. No, he doesn't like Sam Claflin at all. Um, yeah. Um, did, you also sp- like- did you also spot, by the way, the um, uh, Fred and George Weasley? The Phelps brothers. No, I didn't recognize them. They, no, I didn't recognize them at the time, but they, um, for for one shot where uh, Ellie is in the mirror and Annie Taylor Joy is outside the mirror, they got the twins to play the, 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 I think it was the person taking her coat or something. So they got the two of them to do that, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I didn't care for the red herring. That's what I'm going to say here. Okay. Uh, I thought it wasn't, it was quite obvious. And honestly, why, why, why is all these cab drivers just hitting people? Like I said, there's a lot of, lots of that going on. That's London, isn't it, Susan? No, it isn't. You can't walk five meters without being hit by a cab driver. Clearly, <laughs> apparently, like the old man needs to stop on the road for like five minutes before he gets hit by a black cab. You know, <laughs> it, it, it will be his fault. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and he went. Yeah, he straight down. I suppose he's quite old. And I, one thing I did like, going jumping back a bit actually, um, and this felt very Edgar Wright. Was you know, you know she had that big neon sign outside her window that flashed, yes, that flashed. red, white, and blue. Yes. But whenever she was about to go into this kind of horror. Uh, or into Soho, it, it just flashed red uh, several times. Uh, so that was that, that was one thing I did spot, and I thought that's very Edgar Wrighty. I like that. So it gave you a little bit of forewarning; it was about to happen every time. Yeah, yeah. and then you get close your eyes. Yeah, for, for, yeah, for, for half an hour at a time, I was like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I just opened my eyes when Anya Taylor Joy's on screen. That's my. Uh, so I watched um, that film. The last bit I want to cover is something that I mentioned earlier, but I couldn't cover because of spoilers. Yeah, yeah, the. John is so infatuated with her. No rational person would stick with Eloise at all. Because she, she, never, expl- she never she explains. Explain no, she's not like, I'm him. being haunted. She's like, she just runs up to a, and nearly stabs someone in the head with a pair of scissors. And he was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then she breaks down while they're trying to have sex for the first time. And just starts, yeah, just starts screaming madly. Yeah, 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 screaming madly. And then he was like, okay, oh, that's cool. That's fine. He's a very understanding person. Probably not a realistic person, right? Uh, no, but well, all's when ends are. They, they, uh, they end up together. She still hasn't explained any of it to him, I guess. Well, maybe she did after <laughs> he got stabbed trying to help her. Because <laughs> uh, he's a fashion student as well, isn't he? He must be. Yes, he is, yeah. but, um, we don't We don't get to discover whether his future career is as successful as hers. Uh, where she is making drapes. Uh, she's making clothes that must, I still think, would take about five minutes to knock together. <laughs> there you go. Uh, is that all we've got? I've got no more. Oh, no, the only bit I had, which I, again, I thought was quite clever, is um, really uh, in the first scene where Annie Taylor Joy and Matt Smith are together, someone uh, calls her a whore and Matt Smith punches him. And I thought, in retrospect, that was quite clever. But presumably, the guy just knew that Matt Smith was a pimp. Um, so I thought that was a uh, good foreshadowing. Uh, so I think this is worth watching as long as you're not a coward. Um, uh, and Zijan I... thinks it's not. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Okay. Watch other like Edgar Wright films. They're much better than this. No, this will. If this is your first Edgar Wright film, please don't watch this. Yeah, and it's probably got worse reviews than any. I think it's it's, it's getting still positive reviews mostly, but kind of fairly. I think all of them a little bit. All the views I've seen, at least, have been kind of like, it looks great and blah, 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 but actually the writing isn't brilliant. And no. uh, I, I do hope he returns to comedy, because he's so good. Uh, yes. But, uh, or at least, re- at least makes films aren't horrors. <laughs> Come on, Edgar, help me out. Because <laughs> uh, I'll keep watching them, but <laughs> I'm not happy <laughs> about it. Especially if Taylor Joy is in them. Especially if Anya Taylor Joy is in them. We move on then to... Uh, have we got time to move this? Maybe we should Up to you, sh- Colin. More for you than me. Let's let's rattle through it quickly. We've got the films of William H. Macy's Active Factor. People complain when we do Active Factor quickly, but it's going to happen again, I'm afraid. Uh, Active Factor, we talk about the films of a particular actor. Uh, this uh, time around it is William H. Macy, uh, who I've apparently seen 14 films. Uh, wow, well done. I've seen four films. Go for them. Yes, so I've seen Room, which is a Brie Larson uh, Oscar-winning film. Mm. Uh, that's really good. I can't remember who... He plays uh, her father, Her right? father, yeah, who... Um, who I thought did a really good job on that because he, he was uh, really not keen to bond with her son because mm. of the way the son was conceived no but uh, that's part of the book right I think mm. only the first part of the book is set in that tiny room whereas uh, the end was just all about the aftermath of the escaping so uh, yeah um, Room is a great film uh, yeah. and Brie Larson is amazing in it I've seen him in Cake apparently well I've seen Cake um this is the Jennifer Aniston who has chronic pain. Yes, uh, yes. And for some that. reason, Anya Kendrick's a ghost or something. Yeah, and I think this is probably Jennifer Aniston's best performance in it. Yeah. Still kind of don't know who William I don't remember him. Probably, uh, probably our dad. Yeah. My other last two films are Jurassic Park 3, which is awful. Okay. Uh, he plays uh, the father of the kid who got lost on the island. Uh and Air Force One, who I can't remember who he plays. No, I don't, I don't remember. I've got to say, a lot of these I don't remember who he played in them. Um, Please, yeah. Does it? Yeah, I've not seen Just Part 3, but I've seen the rest. Uh, he's in Fargo, which is maybe my favourite Coen Brothers film, Sunny up there. Um, I think possibly playing the husband of of the main character, but Francis McDormand, but possibly not. Um, he's in Pleasantville, which I saw a long time ago, I don't really remember. Mr. Holland's Opus, which is quite a nice. A uh, film about a guy who teaches music in a school and how it changes him over over time. I think he plays the headmaster there, maybe. Uh, Mystery Men, which I saw fairly recently for the first time, which is um, I think a '90s superhero spoof, um, which is fascinating to watch now because it's very much spoofing Batman '89, really, the, the 1989 Batman film, and. I don't think it's aged very well, mainly because superhero the genre has changed so much since the 90s that the, uh-huh. the reference points aren't really the same anymore uh, so yeah I think it probably would have been better to see it at the time um, uh, I'll just rattle through these uh, Magnolia which I think is very good um, Tom Cruise obviously Tom Cruise obviously uh, Thank You for Smoking which is quite a good satire about the, the cigarette uh, or tobacco industry um, he's in The Lincoln Lawyer which is fairly forgettable but it's okay and Sahara which was I think trying to be Kind of a action romp, maybe an Indiana Jones style thing with Matthew McConaughey and Penelope Cruz, if I remember right, and Steve Zahn, I think, um, which I saw twice at the cinema. 
because I think a friend, of, two different groups of friends wanted to watch it, and it's not a film that bears up to being watched twice in quick succession. But it was all right. Uh, but the worst one I've seen uh, is the only one where he's the star, I think, uh, which is a film oh, called wow. The Cooler, where he's a guy who's so unlucky that uh, casinos hire him to sit around so that people do badly, which sounds like a, a really fun premise, um, but is terribly executed. Really bad film. So that was a shame. Uh, so you're saying, I, I'm guessing from your reviews that Jurassic Park 3 is the worst? I mean, any film which features a talking velociraptor... <laughs> In a dream sequence in fairness. Yeah, should I be anywhere near the top? And what are you going for the best? Uh, Room. Room is very good. I, I might go Fargo, but it's, it's between those two, I think. I need to watch Fargo, though. I yeah, it's really good. Really good. Uh, next time we're doing Look Back in Oscar, we uh, look at a film that won Best Picture. Oscar, what are we doing, Zijan? Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. Uh, so we look forward to that. And we move on to the final segment of the day, which is a quiz as advertised, a quiz on the Meet the Parents trilogy. Uh, you, I think I'm two ahead for the year, maybe? I believe so, yeah. Uh, so it's getting closer. Um, and I have watched the first one. So uh, and it was only yesterday, I think, or two days ago. So hopefully you've got lots of questions about the first one. I uh, do, actually, yes. I will kick us off. Um, with a question about the first one in fact um, who does Owen Wilson's character Kevin uh, credit as his inspiration for becoming a carpenter what <laughs> I hope it's Jesus no uh, Jesus's father Joseph oh. it's Jesus I'm afraid is it Jesus oh uh, no uh, I, I can't give it to you I'm afraid but uh, yeah uh, this one fair. Question one: What is uh, Greg Focus' occupation? The source of constant mo- mockery by Robert De Niro's Jack. Uh, he's what always he's always described as a male nurse. Yes, uh, I don't know why they need to emphasize the maleness yeah. of it. Uh, in which U.S. city is most of Meet the Fockers set? Uh, Miami. Correct. Uh, question two: Why did Kevin, uh, played by Owen Wilson? And Pam's for, former fiance reappear towards the end of Meet the Focus. Oh, I did see this. Yep. Uh, does he? Is, does he do, do the wedding? Yeah, he does the wedding. He performs the wedding. Uh, who did the music for the first two films? Uh, Ray Newman, isn't it? I'm feeling Randy Newman. Randy, Randy Newman. Newman. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah, don't knock me off. Knock me points from that. I was, um, I was, I was going to give it to you anyway, but uh. yeah. Question three: How many years have passed between Meet the Fockers and Little Fockers? Five years. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in Avengers Endgame. Uh, question four: What is the name of Jessica Alba's character in Little Fockers? Ah, oh, no, I don't know this. I will give you a clue. Yes. Um, it, it sounds the same as an actor's name. It's not. It's, it's not a great clue, but it's maybe a clue. What it sounds the same as what? So it's basically uh, it's the name of a famous actor, but made into a uh, slightly spelled differently. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, no clue. No, uh, Andy Garcia. Ah, uh, oh yes, it's Andy. Ah, mm, uh, yeah. I missed. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that's true. Because um, Robert De Niro's character searched for. Uh, Andy Garcia on, on on the computer. Have you seen these and films? Then, and then the first, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> the first one. That doesn't happen on the first one. No, I know. <laughs> You've seen them all, haven't you? <laughs> wow. Anyway, question four. Yes. <laughs> Which of the actors who won the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden Globes remarked, "I'm very, very moved and gratified when you made the announcement of this award two months ago, well before you had a chance to review Little Fockers." <laughs> Guessing it's Dustin Hoffman. No, it's Robert De Niro. It's Robert De Niro. Well, wow, okay. Um, to draw, right? Oh no! Uh, yeah, it's a very nice, easy finish. Uh, what is Pamela's profession in Meet the Parents? Pamela's profession. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. When you watch it two days. Yeah, ago, maybe uh, maybe that's not as easy. <laughs> oh no. Uh, is she a teacher? She is a teacher. Very good. Because at the first scene, he tries to get the kids to hold up, will you marry me, Pam? And then ah, Also, it's nice. three all with one question to go. Yes. Question five, Colin. What is Pam's middle name? Martha. 
That's correct. For for good reason as well. For good reason. I do apologise for any of our more sensitive listeners for um, for all the almost swearing we did there. Uh, if they got away with it in cinemas, we can get away with it on podcast. Uh, what are we quizzing on next time, Zijan? Yeah, um, we are quizzing on Cinderella adaptations. Nice. Because we did Snow White earlier. That's earlier. a good uh, good topic. It might be too late for you, Zijan, but... Uh, yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah, this could be my year, but you never know. Um, what's our main topic for next time? Eternals. Eternals, currently the lowest rated uh, MCU film on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, yep. come back in two weeks and find out what we think. We'll see you then. Bye.